0: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Poetry on the Go With Ro. I would like to inform all of my listeners that in this particular episode, you may find the content within this discussion to be unpleasant or even triggering as we will discuss suicide awareness and mental health awareness for the month of September being Suicide Awareness and Prevention Month. Therefore, you can gladly skip over this particular episode and mark it as played. Otherwise, you can continue listening and feel free to leave your feedback on my new Instagram page, Poetry on the Go with Ro Podcast. I would love to hear your feedback and have a discussion with you. Otherwise, thank you for your support and remember to always be aware. Inhale and exhale. Embrace how it makes you feel. Take it in deeply. Blow it out smoothly. Inhale and exhale. You feel as if the room is crowding you. Like it's getting smaller and smaller. You feel as if your lungs are frozen and breathing is getting harder and harder. You can't breathe. And you really don't want to. But there is still more life outside of this room. And more brightness to see beyond this gloom. Breathe so you can feel what you haven't felt yet. The joy, love, and success at its best. Breathe now and you won't regret it. For with every breath you take, you will gain some grit. You're still loved. And you have yet to live. So just breathe and cherish every breath you give. Unload the bullets and toss the pills away. Choose to inhale and exhale day by day. Life can get hard and it remains unfair. But things will get better while breathing in fresh air. Inhale and exhale. Embrace how it makes you feel. Take it in deeply. Blow it out smoothly. Inhale and exhale. Thank you for returning to Poetry on the Go with Ro. This is your girl Roshonda. And on this episode titled Breathe, which is also the name of my poem, I'll be explaining the backstory of this poem and what inspired it. So I would just jump right into it. So I wrote this poem in the spring of 2018. And I wrote this poem because in February of 2018, I had attempted suicide by overdosing on Tylenol. So, that experience, that whole entire experience of just the aftermath of overdosing in is what pretty much inspired this poem, because I remember when I overdosed, um, I had to I was hospitalized for about six days, if I'm not mistaken, because my liver was inflamed. Due to the amount of pills I had swallowed. Um, so, yeah, I had taken them before I went to sleep. And then the next day when I woke up, I felt sick to my stomach. So, the my cousin that I was living with at that time, who also raised me, I was living with her since I was seven. Um, I... Called her and told her everything, and I told her that I might need to go to the hospital because I did not feel well. And over time, it just the pain increased. I was just getting in more pain, it was becoming excruciating at that time. So I was just panicking and crying and throwing up and just freaking out completely. And I remember. When we were actually in the hospital um, with me laying in the bed when we first got there and I was just freaking out. Um, All I remember is my cousin telling me to just breathe. She kept telling me to just breathe and she was just repeating that for me to breathe. She told me to just look at her, make eye contact with her and just breathe. So that Particular word just kept repeating in my head and I wanted to uh, figure out how to just kind of put it into words and get it out. So I wrote this poem and this is what flowed right out of me. So uh, I remember of course, being in the hospital for uh, attempting suicide, I had to be on suicide watch, which required several different um, security officers watching me. Of course, it was just like one at a time have to sit outside, right outside the room, and they were like, of course, uh, changing shifts and relieving each other. But it was someone there 24-7, majority of the time of me being there, so that was that, and then also, I remember the nurses were very kind to me, they're very patient, and they're just so kind, I remember one nurse, she would go on walks with me. We had to walk around the hospital. And at one point I was just kind of panicking and crying hysterically because I was just upset that I even had to be there in that position. Um, and she was just, you know, reassuring me and consoling me that everything's going to be okay. And she was really kind woman. Um, I remember having some family members come to see me and visit me. And my friend, Ajane came to visit me. My mom stayed at the hospital with me the entire time. Uh, Well, majority of the time until I asked her to go home because I just wanted to be by myself. Yeah, I remember having that support system from my family and just kind of having them there. Um, It was mostly the family members on my mom's side because on my dad's side, they didn't really know anything about the situation at all until months later when I decided to tell everyone uh, just so that they could know. But it was quite the experience, that's for sure. Um, something that I, I don't want to experience again, but I'll say at that time, um, it was intense having to be in the hospital for that long. I never had to be in the hospital for that long before, um, being on suicide watch where I can do much of nothing else. Cause the, Security officers were right outside my room watching me, and um, I had a hard time sleeping. I couldn't go to sleep, so they would give me melatonin to help me to go to sleep. Um, I didn't have much of an appetite for a while. It, It did take a few days for my liver to no longer be inflamed, so... I, I figured I'd get on my podcast and share my story so that I hope someone out there who has suicidal thoughts to possibly reconsider. And if my story doesn't do much of anything as far as helping anyone, um, it's nice to just be able to share it without being emotional and crying or, or, any, or anything and actually being able to talk because I remember when I shared it before it was hard to kind of get it out but yeah it, I wanted to be a part of this movement of suicide awareness and prevention um, because I would just hate to see people feel the way that I felt at that time when I did attempt suicide and it would be nice to just inspire someone or encourage them to find another resolution. So I'll say that what kind of triggered me to even overdose in the first place was I've Been kind of battling with depression since I was a teenager. Since high school, I figure I feel like that may have been all of when it started, or it could have been middle school because middle school was a little rough too. I was kind of bullied at that time and stuff. No one was crazy enough to try to fight me, but (laughs) the verbal abuse was real. Um, so I had to deal with that, but I remember in high schools when they had to speak with the school counselor, and they um prescribed me antidepressants and things of that nature, so it's kind of been something that has occurred a part of my life for years now, but in twenty eighteen, that triggered me to be Depressed enough to overdose was um, me being out of a job and it was taking a long time for me to get a new job and me being upset with the fact that I didn't have a job because I was working but I got laid off because the department I worked in was closing and then they offered me a different position but since it was going to be a pay cut I didn't take that position And then I kind of beat myself up about that because after a while I was thinking I should have just taken the job that they offered since I was having a hard time getting a new job. And things just weren't going well for me at that time. And then also it was the holidays and sometimes I kind of get even more depressed during the holidays because I just feel so alone and feel like... Nobody's really there loving on me the way I would have liked them to. And that's pretty much what made me be really depressed enough at that time. So that's what triggered it. And um, I was also talking to a guy at that time. And it was just kind of like he was basically friend zoning me <laughs> after us being real intimate with each other. And I felt like that was unfortunate because I wanted to be um uh, more serious in a way, but um, it didn't work out that way. So I allowed that to kind of bum me out as well. And then I just kind of dwelled and sat in that depression and figured that, You know, there's got to be something. I figured that something had to give at that point. And so that's what kind of got me to overdose. What I will say about that experience was, even though I had a support system with my family and my friends being there for me, it didn't feel as supportive in a way that, I would have wanted it to be, um, I didn't receive as much empathy with the uh, the fact that I did overdose. Not saying that I overdosed to receive empathy or anything. That's not how it was for me. Um, but it was just a surprise because I, I heard a lot of comments. I had a lot of family members saying quite a few things to me that, quite a few comments to me that were weren't the most supportive things for someone to hear at that time um for example i had some friends telling me how they wouldn't uh commit suicide because they love themselves um i had an aunt tell me that doing that doesn't sound like something that maxwell would do i had my cousin telling me how She don't understand why I would do that because I live a good life. And then my mom was just saying how I should have asked for help or just been more open with others to receive help. And it was just a lot of comments that were made. I understand that they made those comments because they were just confused and they didn't understand they probably just didn't really know what else to say or how to respond to that situation um so that kind of made me to not be upset with them and um holding a grudge or anything because i i know that they just didn't know any better and they didn't know like how to respond to that because I don't think for me personally, I don't believe that a lot of people within the black community are even educated on how to uh, address someone who may have a mental illness, such as depression or bipolar depression or suicidal thoughts or anything. So I... I didn't blame them. Like, I I know that they were just confused, um, which makes sense because I was confused too. But I I felt like I was doing what was best for myself at that time because it felt like that decision was the better decision. So then I wouldn't have to deal with any more of the... um, hardships I was encountering at that time. But I will say that although those comments were made and they hurt my feelings at the time and I don't hold a grudge against them or anything and I don't feel too hurtful about it now, it helped me to realize how how I need to become more educated myself on how to respond to um, people being different than me <laughs> and because I don't ever want to make anyone feel terrible for any decision that they made even if they were in their lowest point in life and I wouldn't want them to feel embarrassed or anything like that the way that I did. Um because I I know how hard it is to be in that predicament when you already feel alone and sad and then you have to deal with the outcome not going the way that you planned it to go in your mind um and then dealing with the embarrassment and disappointment from uh from that outcome really i was embarrassed that i overdosed and i had to sit there and look at everybody looking at me laying in the hospital bed and it was just embarrassing i, I felt like I, I was really upset that the overdose didn't go the way that I imagined it to. So that was that. Moving forward, um, after being released from the hospital, I had to uh it was like mandatory for me to speak with the therapist. So I had to go speaking with the therapist regularly and um and I feel like that was something that was a beginning of um was the beginning of a new start for me in helping me to feel better and become more um resilient when i experience hardships again so that was something that i did for a while speaking to a therapist and then teaching myself to be more grounded in building a better and closer relationship with God and getting more into attending church and praying more and um, reading more, mostly the Bible, <laughs> but just reading more um, books that were helping me to be more encouraged to uh Learn how to overcome certain situations like when things just weren't going my way. I'll say now I, I am able to, I do see more growth and more resilience within myself. Like I'm able to handle hardships without freaking out too much or allowing myself to be depressed too long cuz i still you know do have times and um, i still do have times of being depressed but i don't it, it doesn't last longer it doesn't last long now is what i've noticed and um in the next episode i'll discuss more about how therapy has helped but with this episode, I just wanted to discuss more about um, my actual story with the suicide attempt and how things are kind of going for me now. And I will say honestly, like things are better for me now, even though I have times when it I feel a little discouraged during something, but it doesn't last long. Like I, I still kind of manage to get back to having faith and hope that things are going to get better because they do get better. And I'm not qualified to give any advice like as far as professional advice and professional help because I don't have a special title to my name. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not anything As far as a doctor goes, I don't have a doctorate and I'm not a health coach or anything, so I'm not able to provide professional advice or anything, but learn to get grounded in something that's bigger than yourself because then that kind of helps you to stay encouraged that things are going to get better because they do get better and things that feel so permanent really are not permanent at all and they're just temporary so if you can just keep that in mind that things will get better then it will and that would be the best advice that I could give I don't think I'm the best at giving advice but I feel like, you know, if you don't take anything else from this podcast, just know that things will get better. And um, that's for anyone who may be struggling and battling with depression or suicidal thoughts. Um, these hard times don't last forever, and they're just temporary, you know. But for family members um for people who may have lost loved ones to suicide i will say that like the best thing you can do is become more educated on how to um address and handle people with care with more care that have uh these mental illnesses such as depression anxiety PTSD or anything like that, just educate yourself more on how to be supportive and loving towards them. And um, um, whether you'd be in the listening ear and just sit there and listen to them, or you are good at giving advice and you can give encouraging words to them. Um, because that's, that's what's needed at that time. Like they need all of the empathy and sympathy that they can receive um just show love in the best way you can because it'll help but that is my story and the backstory as to why i created this poem breathe i wrote this poem after being back home and just kind of adjusting to life again. It was a hard adjustment because I I really didn't even want to be back home. I just really had hopes, high hopes of my overdose working out. But like I said before, therapy and prayer helped me to be more encouraged and have more faith again and just kind of be happy with life again but yeah that is this poem in a nutshell and my story and like I said before I hope that it can help anyone who may be listening and encourage you that things will get better because they do this is another good episode of poetry on the go with Ro. Title Breathe. Thank you all for listening. Bye.